Hello, 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 and welcome once again to The Orbit. I am your host, Azrael, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Mr. Exiles Rhythm. It's your boy. What's going on, my man? How you doing, Az? Hey, X. I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I guess before we get too much farther into it, we should probably mention the fact that uh, Mr. Mr. Root Clouds is not joining us today. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, when he went over to PAX East, he got super sick. Him and Risa and Val, like they were, we had, a, we had a, uh, most of Eternal Orbit over there at PAX East, which is awesome. Uh, they had a great time from what they told us, but I'm sure Eric will be able to tell you guys more about it next week. Uh, we want to get his real experience out here, and we, I think it'd be cool if he told if he you know told everyone. So, yep, Eric will be returning next week um, when we return to our normal um, Wednesday evening um, shows. Um, as you guys know, this is a special time for the show that we we set aside um, because we want to make sure that we we had the card review stream late enough mm-hmm. to guarantee that all the cards were revealed. Um, Unfortunately, Eric did get con flu and is um, uh, out for the count right now, but he will be back next Wednesday and we'll have a full report on uh, the PAX East experience that he um, and our fellow teammates, uh, uh, Valor Saren and uh, Striving Light, um, had while they were there. So that's why he's not here. He will be missed. We, we're definitely looking forward to getting his, his take on the cards, um, but we will, we will just have to press on without him because uh, that's what teams are for. We carry each other when, uh, when somebody can't make it, so... Um, Every, everybody can make it when you're on the team as because you're going to pick them up. Ooh, man. Showering me compliments already. It's going to be a good show. <laughs> um, so what else do we got going on um, around the team other than the fact that everybody was at uh, PAX East this week? Yeah. So as you know, and everyone else is about to know, I'm writing an article like uh, about deck building in particular. Mm-hmm. Deck building has always been an interest of mine uh, growing up in the trading card game community. As you know, and pretty, probably everybody else knows, I started in Magic the Gathering and really honed myself until I started into Hearthstone. And now like all of that experience is showing. And when the meta shifts, mm-hmm. I really think that newer players or uh Maybe not just newer players, but you know any player who's not very comfortable with deck building will be able to get a lot out of it. I'm I'm nearly done with the first segment. It's going to be right now. I have it scheduled to be a five part five part series. Um, the first segment is almost done. Should be up on the website before the expansion is released. I'm going to try to get it to editing tomorrow if possible, and it's going to be where do I start? So it'll be pretty apt. Right. I'm excited for it, as I think you're going to like it in particular, dude. Uh, you know, even as somebody that's been playing collectible card games most of his life and been playing Hearthstone since literally the first month of beta, um, I still enjoy reading articles that you put out. They're very informative, um, and it's good for new and experienced players to review the stuff that you talk about because it, it refreshes you if you know the stuff. It gives you context and terminology if you don't have that language with which to process the information. And if you're new to the game, this is something that I wish I would have had um, from day one because it would have it would have helped me quite a bit so i'm super excited to uh to to see that post when it goes up so look for that guys sometime in the next week um also um we've been talking about um this a little bit as well um more stuff that's coming from eo this sunday we're gonna have a special edition of the orbit episode or the orbit vodcast um a special episode this sunday um, that's an arena focused episode we're gonna have two special guests um 
joining me who are arena experts who are going to give um, a full review of the cards much like we're doing today but from the um, focus and perspective solely of arena play so keep your eyes tuned for that and we will have um, the official announcement of who will be joining me um, coming out here in the next uh, day or so uh, on our twitter so keep an eye out for that um x what else is going on in the eo universe so we talked. We talked about the article. We talked about oh. Pax East. Mm-hmm. We talked about the Twitter poll. Oh, another Twitter poll, you say? Indeed, indeed. So this week we put out uh, we put out a Twitter poll about mm-hmm. which class was going to be the strongest. We put four options, and mm-hmm. you know, they were. All, I, I want to hear. What, I want to hear what everyone else has to say. We're not going to have time for a Q and A like we normally do right. because it's going to be you know a, a card long review stream. Whew, let's go, but. <laughs> Um, but we're probably going to look at the responses to the Twitter po- uh, the Twitter poll and mm-hmm. bring up some uh, relevant or interesting comments and be able to chat about them before yep. we end the show. So yep. we are definitely interested in what your take is. We're going to talk about what we think are uh, what we think are going to be the most powerful classes throughout the throughout the show. But we want to hear what you guys say. So sometime between now and the end of the show, which is going to be at least probably four or five, maybe even six hours, get over the to, to the Twitter, vote for the class that you think is going to be the strongest. We picked. Uh, the four classes that we think are the front runners. Um, vote for one of those that you like, or if you don't, put in the, in, in the message w- uh, below which one you think is going to be the strongest and why, and we'll cover some of those at the end of the show. Um, in addition, those of you guys that have uh, maybe missed an episode or two of The Orbit, um, the, all of or the first three episodes of The Orbit podcast are now live ready to watch right now on the EO YouTube channel. So if you missed one of the first three episodes or if you want to go back and reminisce about where it all started, go back and watch those right now on the uh, on the EO YouTube page. If you just go to YouTube and search uh, Eternal Orbit, I think we're the first one that comes up. Uh, and uh, you can go check them out right there. We've, we got those up for you guys, and we're super excited about that. Um, and then we got so, one more thing coming on, don't we? Yeah, we do, we do. Uh, so... My brain, if it worked, it would tell me, damn, I, I, we have one more thing coming up. As Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you guys weren't aware, um, we recently launched um, a Patreon page um, for our oh. team as well. Um, so if you guys are members of Patreon and wish uh, to help our team continue to grow, um, produce more content um, and more things for you guys, um, to experience, you can go over there and you can pledge any amount or no amount at all, but just go over there and check out the page if you want um, to see what it's all about. Um, we're excited about that and we're excited about the opportunities that that, that will provide for us. Um, so that's new. That's out there. And uh, again, keep your eyes peeled to the EO website, uh, to the Patreon page and to the Twitter for more ways in which that will be providing uh, new content and uh, new experiences for you guys. Um, and then finally, one more thing to, to mention is um, there are more people on uh, Eternal Orbit than just um, myself, Exiles Rhythm, and Root Clouds. Um, we have a lot of opinions about the new cards and the new card set. Um, and uh, you know, one of our our co-founding members, uh, uh, Blumplunk, uh, who is on the EU server, um, primarily on the yeah. EU server, um, on the EU planet. Yes, and who lives on planet EU. Um, he will be doing his own card stream, uh, card review stream. This coming Monday at 10 a.m. Uh, CET, that's some European time that my ignorant American brain doesn't know, but it's roughly um, 
six hours ahead of Eastern time, roughly nine hours ahead of roughly, I mean, exactly uh, <laughs> ahead of, uh, of uh, Eastern time and nine hours ahead of, of um, Pacific time. So if you want to check that out and get his opinions on it, um, check, check that out as well. I'm actually putting this into my calendar right now. So you said 10, 10 a.m. Central European, Central European time or 10 p.m. Central European time? 10 a.m. Central European 10- time. Okay, so it's 10 a.m. Central European time, which then if I lived in on the East Coast, you're saying would be 4 a.m. 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then on the West Coast, it would be 1 a.m.? Correct. That okay. is correct. That is correct. Organic reminder. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will know what that means but you and I, but hey, <laughs> we're going to go with it. Um, well, let's go. Yep. So what are we, what are we doing today? It's going to be a very long episode, but we're only doing a couple of things. Right. So we're, we got this full card review, like, you know, like we were saying, we're doing the whole entire set. Everything, um, even cards we've already talked about. Yep. And that's why we skipped over them a little bit in the previous episode, or not skipped over them, but just didn't give them the due attention. Here, right. we're going to go in depth. As Rael said, I could talk as much as I want. So I might be, I we might be here that. for a while. I did that. <laughs> yeah, that's but only yeah, going to punish me, though, because everybody else can just like, you know, pull their earphones out, go make a sandwich, come back, and then, you know, you'll be done by then, maybe? Uh, <laughs> No, I'll be finishing up, but yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the Twitter, the Twitter poll that we that we discussed, we're going to be uh, talking about at the end of the stream. So right. I'm ready to get into it, dude. I Unless- cannot. I cannot wait to get into it. I've been chomping the bit at this all day. I've been I've been prepping for ever since they, they did their final. Um, uh, I, I'm just going to say it because I love saying it. Tell, ever since they did their final card dump. I have been sifting through that dump and I have been writing down notes and opinions on every card that they have shown. And I can't wait to talk about it. And as often as the case, you can't wait to shoot me down and tell me why I'm wrong, but it's going to be a good time. And it's going to give you guys a lot of perspective on, on the cards. So you can make your old, your own decisions ultimately um, going into the new expansion. I, I cannot wait. I honestly, I just want to, I want to get in and go right now. There's a million things that I could say but I just want to say about cards right now. Let's do it. So guys, grab your sandwich, grab your drink, grab your popcorn, buckle up because it's going to be a long ride. Here we go. So we're going to go over here to the handy dandy board where we're going to review all these cards, starting with drum roll, please. Not really. We don't have that effect, but we're going to pretend like there is one. The first card is just kidding. This oh, is this a, one. this is a, <laughs> a placeholder card that, that um, I, I whipped up just so I would be able to use um, Apocalypse on a card. Um, As you know, as you guys all know, the meta is going to be flipped on its head with all these new cards uh, and the the rotation. Again, just to review, we're losing Gen, we're losing Baku, we're losing all of the odd even mechanics, we're losing every single Death Death Knight and so many other things um, that have been pervasive in the meta for the last year. Um, Two years. Two years. Two, two years. Well, we're a year, but yes. Um, the um, the important thing to note here is that literally every single meta deck is going away. The entire okay. meta is leaving because if you even if you're the only card that you have in there that's meta that's leaving is a Death Knight, that still dramatically changes the decks. So the meta is going to be obliterated and replaced with a new one. All right. Without uh, further ado, for real, here we go with the first card in our very long card review. We're going to start out today with Druid. With Living Roots, the first card. I mean, Crystal Power. (laughs) 
Go so for it. Crystal, pa Crystal Power is a one-mana druid card that reads, choose one, deal two damage to a minion, or restore five health. I like this card a lot. Mm -hmm. I think it is so powerful. It's a great... No, obviously it's no direct replacement for Naturalize, but it helps push Druid in a more... I wouldn't say consistent direction, consistent with with its own identity, mm -hmm. uh, being being that it deals with small minions in the early game just fine, yep. and then doesn't scale well, or just gets destroyed in the early game by, like, say, even lacks giants. Mm -hmm. But when they make it out, they get to crush. This really pushes us towards a token, like a token druid, but it also fits into those control combo druids that I was alluding to just prior that I know you love so much of as. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be sorry to see those leave. Um, I, I I agree that this. I think this is a very solid card. I think this card actually has some like sneaky upside with it, um, because of its ability to be used in literally all varieties of druid decks that we're used to seeing. You can use this in aggro. You can use this in mid range. You can use this in control. You can use this in combo. I mean, when I looked at this card, the very first thing I saw was this one mana price tag right here that one mana exactly. price tag that that to me screams hey they still want druid to be able to use the card draw mechanic with gadget stand gadget auctioneer for example um you had, had mentioned this um in a previous review that we had done um when, when we brushed over this card that um you liked the fact that that this was a restore five health card and not gain yes. five armor i love that and i agree with that and i wanted to bring it back up again and give you props for, for mentioning that because of the fact okay. that um it does not uh, continue to enable and push um a feature of druid that was very frustrating for a lot of players at, i think at all levels which was this the fact that a druid for you know i mean it was not uncommon to see a druid gain 28 armor for eight uh you know eight or ten mana they're getting 28 29 30 armor um in a single turn I'm not going to sympathize with Odd Warrior ever because I hate the deck. But when I was playing, when I was playing Mechathune Druid mm -hmm. against an Odd Warrior, mm -hmm. and not only did I have, not only did I have more armor than him, when mind you, I'm not doing any damage to his face. Right. I had more armor than him, but then I could also combo him because my deck was empty while I had more armor than he did. Right. Oh. Yeah, this helps. This helps restore that consistent identity that we were, I was talking about earlier. Right, and and one of the things I think that was frustrating with with, with Druid for a lot of players was how was Druid able to do things better than a classes that was that was their primary function, you know? And I think that's one of the things that you that you were hinting at in there that you were talking about there that that again I wanted to emphasize. You know, an odd yeah. warrior has the ability to hit a button to gain four armor. That's all it does. Its button doesn't do anything else. So Druid's button gains armor. And allows them to ping something, which is incredibly powerful in and of itself. But then on top of it, they their armor gain cards were car were, were, were mana for mana, card for card, pound for pound, better than the armor class's ability to do that, which is the warrior class. Exactly. And and that's not only does that feel bad, but it reminds me for those of you that played WoW, it was always a bad experience when you were a, a prot warrior and the druid was a better tank than you. Right. And it's like I get it that, you know, tanks need to be equal, but here's a class that can do literally anything. It can do all of the things. It can tank, it can heal, it can DPS, um, it can even be a rogue, 
right? It can literally do whatever it wants. And it does all of those things almost better than the classes that can do them. Well, the same thing was true here. And so getting away from that mechanic still allows the druid to feel like a druid because it can heal. It can do a little bit of damage. It, it has some versatility, which is druid's strength both in WoW and in this game. But it does it in a way that is not oppressive and is not frustrating uh, at the same time. So um, is there anything else you want to say about this card other than the fact that it's flexible and we both think it's a pretty good card? Before we yeah, want to rate it and, and, and move forward. Oh, I was that was going to be my my next thing. I was like, yeah, one more thing that I want to say about it. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. <laughs> right. Okay. Nice. I like it. That's that's very generous praise. I gave it a seven out of ten. Um, um, so I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Um, I, I was probably a little harder on this card, but I rated I rated all these cards in order that I saw them. Um, mm-hmm. So I tend I tended to be a little harder towards the start and a little more generous towards the end. Um, so I think we're, we're right about in the same the same ballpark there. So, but we're starting out with a really good card, and with that common tag on it, that's unusual to see a card that's ranked that highly. But um, yeah, so, this is going to be in every Druid deck, just like you said. It's it's. Oh, yeah. So good. It's, so it's good. ubiquitous. And the interesting thing is, too, is, is it's funny that they nerfed some of the other ubiquitous druid cards because they're yeah. in every druid deck, and then they create a card that's going to be in every druid deck. <laughs> I know, and that, that was their exact reasoning for nerfing a million cards was, right. oh, we don't want cards that fit into literally every deck archetype. Uh, you just print a one-mana deal-two damage card. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's literally better than Holy Smite. Literally oh. pound for pound, oh, better than Holy Smite. It's a Holy Smite rolling <laughs> with uh, what was the other the one mana priest card that that healed five innervate or in flash heal. Yes, flash heal. It's literally those two, and you get to choose and or bind combo, heal. Uh, Either way, uh, but yeah. But then, but then it gets even more value uh, because of a card we're going to talk about very shortly. So keep that on the back burner for now. Uh, moving on, <clears throat> the next card that we have is the Acorn Bearer. It is a one mana. 2 1 uh, common minion with death rattle. Add two 1 1 squirrels to your hand. X, go ahead and hit it off because I got some things to say about this card. Okay, so, well, I always, throughout the past year, I always liked messing around with mid range druid decks. I guess more than just the past year, before the rotation happened too, I liked mid range druid decks, ones that ran, ran Cairn and, uh, and, Basically, in the token shell, and this fits more into that than it does into token, in my opinion, mm-hmm. just because it's a you know it's the one mana two one add two more things to your hand uh, with you put it in your mind. I'm sorry, I'm not explaining this well. You put it in your mind as if they are damage spells. They're literally only there to trade, mm-hmm. and it's what helps you move forward and maintain the board for a mid range presence. If it was for a token deck, it wouldn't say death rattle. It would either say battle cry. Or it would say, um, not add to your hand, but add to the board, you know, summon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for those reasons, it looks like it's going to fit into a mid-range druid strategy. It doesn't feel terribly strong because any card that says death rattle isn't great. And any card with one health is even worse. So mm-hmm. not high on it, but I, could, I can see some potential in one of those mid-range type druid strategies. Absolutely. Um, again, I think, you know, and not surprisingly, um, I, I'm inclined to agree with everything that you said. I do think that this is going to get seen in, um, in aggro decks as well, um, partially because I think people view that 2-1 for 1 stat line as an aggressive stat line, and it is aggressively stated. It does trade up, um, and they like the idea of getting those 2 one ones. but I, I agree that it fits better into a deck more like you're describing, but I think just because of its stat line, we're going to see it in more aggressive play. 
Um, I like this card a lot, and I and it, it goes to show that they're putting a lot of cards in in. You, as we'll see, a lot of cards in the expansion that have that death rattle tag on it. A lot of value cards. A lot of things that make um, your deck go farther than it would um, mm-hmm. normally. Um, I like the design of this card a lot because it feels okay. It does not feel overly powerful. And when it gets played on turn one, I'm not going to be super upset about it because it's it's basically like a lot. It's equivalent, I think, to a lot of, of one mana two ones that are out there already. Um, with a slight upside, as a class card should. So it's not like one of those cards where you see it played on turn one, and you're just like, of course they have that in their opening hand. They always have that opening hand. Um, it just feels okay. And the fact that yeah, it gives yeah. you, it, it basically replaces itself with the two 1-1 uh, squirrels. So it's not like super oppressive, in my opinion. So I think overall it's a good card design. This is the kind of card that I like to see. It's, honestly, it's Death Rattle only means anything if it's played on the first two turns. After yeah. After that... Whether the death rattle triggers or not, because it's actually not likely to trigger after that, because if the acorn bearer is a part of your strategy, it's going to get silenced and thrown out because that is a powerful effect if that's what your strategy is based around. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, as I uh, suppose it won't be, then it just won't matter having those two one ones in your hand after right. turn one, right? right? Or I mean, right. after turn three. So I think it's the perfect common card. I, like, I think it yep. not only is perfect for its cost, but it's perfect for its rarity. And I don't think I've ever said that about a Hearthstone card, ever. Yeah, and that, that that's so. when you know it's just really good card design because it just feels like a like a like a good card. It just feels good. Hey, can we can we pat XR on the back real quick for this one? Like I've been so hard on him. Like yeah. <laughs> you hear that? You hear that XR? We're giving you we're giving you some e pats. Uh, you did good, son. You did good. <laughs> um, did you just sun him? Did you I, just sun him? Oh, I, I love it. <laughs> I sunned him. He got sunned. Uh, the guy makes you know like a, a shit ton of money and works for one of the most you know baller companies in the world. But yeah, I sunned him because you work is, for the most baller company in the world. I said one of the most. I said one, not the most. I said one Fair. of the most. Um, so, what are your thoughts on on the rating of this card? This one, I I would be I would be surprised if it's anywhere close to as pervasive as uh, Crystal Power. Crystal mm-hmm. Power. Yeah. So I I have to I have to throw this one at a five. It's not completely unusable, but it's mm-hmm. not good. Um, I went a little higher on this one because I think that especially early in the meta, um, I think aggro decks um, are going to be more prevalent. People are going to play with them a lot. And I think that um, uh, just looking at the overall card set, I think aggro is going to be very popular in this particular first um, first you know season or ro- first month of the new rotation or the first absolutely the first set i should say i think aggro is yeah. gonna be very very pervasive in this one so i think it's gonna see a lot more play that doesn't necessarily mean it's a better card i just think it's gonna see a lot more play um so i re- i went a little higher i went a six on this I, um i almost went a seven but i thought that felt like a little too much so i went a six on this one um but yeah i mean a six is a passing score it is. It is. What would you, uh, just for the record, guys? We are we are using a scale of one to ten. Just if it wasn't clear, that's that's kind of our uh, a kind of our gradient uh, as far as what we're looking at cards with. So and and yeah, I think I think anything that's that's basically a four or better is at least playable. Uh, just to give you an idea of where I'm coming at with my scores. Um, um, I wouldn't go with playable, but I'd go with usable for a four or greater. Because usable, usable playable. Yeah, sure. I. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I use a lot of unplayable cards. <laughs> <laughs> but you can make a lot of unplayable cards playable, which we will talk about um, eventually. Later. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, next we have um, Blessing of the Ancients, which is a three-mana druid spell, common druid spell, um, with the text in the new text on a twin spell 
give your minions plus one plus one. And for those of you um, just tuning in and might not know what Twin Spell is, Twin Spell is a, a new um, a new mechanic that when you see that print on a card and you you play that card, you um, you get the effect of that card and you get an exact copy of that card returned to your hand that um, you can cast again. It's only missing the Twin Spell. So basically, you get two two casts of any spell with Twin Spell on it. Um, <clears throat> X, what are your thoughts on this card? So I was I actually did a lot of thinking on this card because this card is it's the type of card I want to be good, but the problem is the cards that support it are treants. Have you, do you know any of the treant cards as by name? Real quick, not off the top of my head, no. Not off the top of your head because they're all bad. Yeah, like Mulch Muncher is the best one, and it's yeah. a ten mana eight eight rush, costs one less for each. Right, treant that's died this game, and then there is the. I think it's a six mana card that turns all your two two trains into five fives, mm-hmm. and those are the only two cards that are any good. And they don't seem like they fit in at the same strategy that Blessing of the Ancients fits in, because Blessing of the Ancients is either a card you're going to want to play twice in the same turn, which makes it a worse bloodlust, mm-hmm. or you're going to want to play it separated. I'm sorry, you're going to want to play it with in combo with something else like uh, Living Mana. Uh, Living Mana rotates. <clears throat> It does something to that effect. Yeah. Yes, uh, you know, you know what I mean. One of those summon a million. Like my brain's kind of dead. The the travel's been killing me. As, sure. but yeah, one of those cards, or um, or you're gonna want to play it once to help your trade, and then save and play it to help your trade. So in all three of these scenarios, none of them sound like what a token strategy wants to do. Because right. even the like a druid bloodlust, that's unnecessary. That's superfluous. You right. know we. And we still have the two mana, the two mana give all your minions plus one plus one, or the two mana summon a three two. Right, and that's just better. Yep, I, I think I agree with you um, uh, on this card. Um, if you want this kind of effect, you're just going to run two savage roars. If you if you want if you mm-hmm. want because I mean these guys are I mean if, if you if you're buffing you know two one and two life minions, they're probably going to die if they have to trade anyway. So you're doing this because you want to hit them in the face. And they, the druids mm-hmm. have a better card for that already. And even still, even if you wanted a card to run along with Savage Roar, um, the druid card that we're going to see in a little bit that allows you to get both um, copies of a choose one spell um, is going to give you this spell already from the choose two effect of um, Power of the Wild. So uh, it's it's a common spell so maybe it's it's designed to be uh, a filler for people who are just coming to the game and don't have all of those other cards um, but I, I think it, unless we see more I don't see it being played over any of those other options that I just mentioned um, so how do you feel about the card out of 10 I'm sorry oh, I'm sorry were you done I, no, no, I just like you were, just oh, my oh okay I'll, I'll, I'll move a little closer to the mic as, as you guys can probably tell this is my usual setup I'm on the road so but I was gonna say, uh, I was saying, it's a lot. Of, that's a lot of really good points. I'm gonna not do it organically now because it's just we don't talk. Uh, it's conversation lost. So, how do you feel about this card out of ten overall? I was gonna, I was trying to ask. Four out of ten. It's gonna see a little four play. It's gonna see some experimentation. Um, but overall, there are better options. So four out of ten. <clears throat> You're 100 percent correct. It's gonna see experimentation because I like the card. I like the design of the card. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's it's worse than some yeah. of the other cards out of there, but I like the design. Yeah. I like the art. The art automatically makes it a three. If it had no text on it and it was just ten <laughs> mana with this art, it's a three out of ten. Yeah. Um it has words, so four out of ten. I will say this though. I will <laughs> say the one thing that actually makes this card have a chance is um the uh the fact that it is a twin spell. 
the fact that it is twin spell, that value alone, that value alone on that card text right there is going to give it more opportunity to see play than it would if this was one or two mana and did not have twin spell on it. Just and there's a lot of cards that it, I agree. And there's a lot of cards that it interacts with in the set that we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. or you guys will imagine as we talk about them. One of them was already released and is breaking the game at the moment. We'll get to that too. Next we have the Forest Saved, which is an eight mana eight mana druid spell, which reads Twin Spell, summon five two two treants. Huh. Funny, we were just talking about a card that could buff a bunch of treants. Mm-hmm. Well, this is eight mana to put five two twos on the board. That does that sounds a lot like Hyreek, only bad. <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> so let's just let's make them three threes by playing by playing uh Call of the Ancients. The card we just the talked about? Card. Yes. Yeah, the card we just talked about. Oh, wait, no, we can't do that. That's 11 mana. Yep. Oh, wait, we do that on turn 10 anyway. Yep. Oh, wait, this just seems bad. What yep. is going on? Why are we reviewing this card? Can we... Next? Yeah, um, real quick. Again, it's going <laughs> to it's gonna see some experimentation because it's got that twin spell on it. Somebody's going to want to make the treant thing work, um, and that value from the twin spell is going to make it interesting. It's probably going to see playing wild because people like uh, Spiteful, but... Overall, it's it's too expensive for what it does. There are ways to do this better with neutral cards. And, and you know, you take a Warlock Zoo list and you plug it in this and you put the Druid buff cards in it and it's better than this card um, would be in that deck. So, I, it, The real yeah. problem is there aren't enough board clears <laughs> to make this twin spell worth the extra two mana the card costs. Right, which makes me wonder if they're going to just put a bunch of board clears in the next expansion. But we'll worry about that in three months. In the meantime, uh, in the meantime, uh, what are your thoughts on this card? Cause I don't have much more to say about it. Yeah, no, I, I exhausted everything for this two out of 10. Yep. Uh, I'm a three out of 10 on it again, because as a twin spell, I'm a little higher. It's going to see experimentation just because people are going to play with that twin spell, but three out of 10. <clears throat> we've been, we've been on the same page so far. Like every so, single card. I love it so far. I'm sure we're going to disagree. Review soon. Over. <laughs> Hard review over me and as, Oh no, 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 no. All right, friendship over. Crystal Song Portal. Two mana spell. Epic. Druid. Discover a Druid minion. If your hand has no minions, keep all three. What are your initial thoughts on this one, my man? You know I'm partial to, to anything that has the, the keyword discover on it. Um, anytime, oh, I know it. Anytime I see that. I actually like this card a lot. Um, I like this card a lot because it's another card that not only has discover on it, which I think any card that has random on it should have discover on it just in general because discover takes some thought. Um, it takes mm-hmm. some planning and it and there's a penalty. Like when when you get a random card, a card that just randomly generates, like you know, you it, it it's either a nut card that just wins you the game, or it's a card that's okay, does the job, or it feels bad, right? But you have no control over it, so it just kind of is what it is. But when you have to make the choice, when you have to put that ownership and that forethought into it, um, there's a certain value to that, and a certain skill that gets involved in that that makes it um, so much more. Uh, of a good, not only a good card, but a good experience, right? Um, it rewards good decision-making. Um, so I think all cards that have random whatever on them should have Discover on because it makes the player actually think about what they're doing and not just, oh, I might get lucky and get Leroy Jenkins or I might get unlucky and get Millhouse Mana Storm. Um, <clears throat> but that's that's a side note. That's just one of the reasons why I like Discover. And I wanted to explain that now because we're going to be talking about Discover cards quite a bit during this expansion mm-hmm. review. So... Um, but I like it because not only do you have to make the choice about the discover, but you have to make the choice about when to use it because it has that secondary effect to get the extra value. And I love cards that do that because, as you saw with cards like <clears throat> Omega Assembly, 
right? There are times when you don't wait till turn 10 to use Omega Assembly. There, there is times where it's correct to do that. And I like this because this is essentially Druid's Omega Assembly. And um, I like it a lot um, for that. And I like the fact that it's, it's specifically Druid cards, which, especially now when there's less Druid cards in the meta, can possibly be very good. Um, so overall, I'm very intrigued by this card. I think it, it has a potential to be a really good way to replace some of the card draw that Druid is going to be losing, um, but also to enable more mid-range and aggressive Druid decks and not force Druid to be so much about control and delay decks, which made Druid feel very monotone as a class. So overall, I'm really, I'm really interested in this card, and I like the design of this card a lot for the same reasons why I liked Omega Assembly. So I'm pretty I'm pretty big on this card. Even if it doesn't turn out to be a very strong card, I like the card a lot. Oh shit. Hello? Yeah, I can hear okay. you. Okay. No, no, no. My my screen just went black. Uh, like uh with like sleep? My to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm glad I caught it before it happened. Um, what are your thoughts? Okay, yeah, I, I yeah. So I with everything, with everything that you said, I completely agree. I love it. I think it's going to see play in the mid range. I think it's going to play in aggro. But now let me give you reasons, please, why I think the card is a, headed in the wrong direction. Okay. Headed in the wrong direction, not for Druid in particular, but just as a whole for Hearthstone. It says, discover a Druid minion. If your hand has no minions, keep all three. Master's Call says, discover a beast from your deck. If they're all beasts, draw three. Master's Call is a perfectly fair about no. Master's Call destroyed the entire meta by itself yeah. because it, it allowed a deck with no refill to have so many infinite value cards yeah. because now next to Dire Frenzy, Rexar, Master's Call, it was ridiculous. And Dire Frenzy looked pretty innocuous when it came out in Witchwood. In mm -hmm. fact, people laughed at me when I said I liked the card and it had a lot of powerful upside. And then I made my tier two emote, the Dabbing Bear, the... Yeah. Uh, Dire Frenzy, because that's what Dire Frenzy looks like to me. But, you know, <laughs> now we come out now and we see um, how powerful how powerful it is alongside a card like Crystal Song Portal. Now, mm -hmm. Crystal Song Portal isn't pulling things out of your deck, so you can't plan out that far ahead. However, if you take, let's say, for example, an aggressive strategy, they completely dump their entire hand. Uh, they dump their entire hand by turn four or five. Druid doesn't draw well. Um, then, boom, grabs three more minions. Is that enough to push him over the edge? Let's think about it as if we're Odd Rogue. Odd Rogue, drawing three cards for two mana on turn six. Yeah, no, no, no. Odd Rogue would just win the game, right? Like, right, just yes. three. Yes. Yeah, easy. It has that refill that it needs. Yeah. 100%. Now, let's talk about a token strategy. As you've been, uh, you've been playing Hearthstone since beta, as you mm -hmm. said earlier, and every time token druid is a thing, what does the main makeup of the deck look like? It looks like... Uh, it looks like... Well, at first it was Force of Nature, Savage Roar, right? Yeah. And everyone loved that. Because, well, Force of Nature could... Head charge. Uh, yes. <laughs> it was that. Yeah. But, so, it started with Force of Nature, Savage Roar, and then we had Living Mana, then we had Spreading Plague. What are all these in common? They're all spells. Mm -hmm. And then the supporting cast for these token-based strategies are also spells. You have your Power of the Wild, you have your Savage Roar, you have your, um, I don't know, name of freaking Druid card, because they all buff all your minions, basically. Mm -hmm. And so, adding this into a token strategy is nothing but a net positive. Does Druid have any have any powerful minions? Heck yes. Heck yes. Even if you just discover Mulch Muncher and didn't play a single Treant, 
that's a 10 mana 8 8 rush, which, like I said, if we're playing in a token strategy, that now just drops, drops a large boy, a big boy taunt. Mm-hmm. So it, this is just adding a way to gain too much value to decks that should not have that much. Now it, because where's the downside to those decks? Exactly. Yep. The only, the only thing that can make this fair, as the only thing that could make this fair, would be. Oh God, where did my brain? This is the second time I was already having today. Uh, anyway, the only thing that would make that would make this fair is if it drew it from is if it drew it from your deck, like uh, like Master's Call, but right. um, like Master's Call, because then you couldn't just run spell based strategies, which Druid is very good at, you right. know. Yep. So for that reason, I think that it's taken the game in a bad direction. I love the card, though. I yeah. love it. I'm going to play the crap out of it. I don't think it's broken. I just think it leaves the door open for it to be broken. Yeah. And that we, Blizzard has to be super careful with how they balance this card and balance Druid. And we know how good they are being careful with balancing. <laughs> Hello and goodbye to Rexar. Monka S, right? Actually. Um, <laughs> you, you, you brought up an excellent point, though. When we look at, when we look at examples of cards that are by themselves fine what happens when you put in a card like this that has the potential to tip those and it, it tips doesn't just tip one or two of them it tips all of them right like a good example again to use hunter is is master's call master's call took a deck uh that was already good which is you know mid-range or aggressive hunter lists it's all it's been good for as long as hearthstone's been around in one form or another um but it took cards in that in that uh, in that class that that were not seeing play, right? Uh, uh, scavenging hyena didn't see play before Master's. Oh call. no, scavenging hyena is just bad. Yeah, yeah. But now because Master's Call exists, you can put all these one-one beasts in your deck, um, and all of a sudden Master's Call becomes like um, scavenging hyena becomes like an oppressive card, and when you just hit the nuts with it, like you know, it's not uncommon to see a uh, you know a six-four. Uh, uh, on turn three or four, uh, uh, scavenging hyena hitting you in the face. What? I would hold spellbreaker against a hunter because of the threat of scavenging hyena. Yep. That's a four mana card against an aggro deck that'll crush my even lock by turn six if I can't do mm-hmm. anything. Yep. And and so it shows it goes to show what you're talking about as far as they have to be careful with a really good card design. Um, but that enables stuff like that because now when you look at some of these other cards that we've been talking about, even some of the ones we've been hard on, they're spells and they're twin spells. So now you can you know put a bunch of spells in there that you're going to get extra value out of, and you're going to get four, five, six cards in your hand. And then you're going to get this bad boy, which says doesn't say no cards in your hand. It says no minions in your hand. So now you've mm-hmm. got five, six, eight cards in your hand. You play this, you get three good beasts, or or even just three decent beats it's a two mana card right you can get this get three beats you can play and then buff them all right um that's kind of a nuts situation but that's exactly what you see when you when you look at like scavenging hyena you kind of have to have these nut draws but a card that enables them is means that you know a percentage of the time it's going to happen which means a percentage of the time this deck is just going to kick you in the and it's going to hurt and you're going to hate yourself and you want to delete your account so um it is a it is a potentially oppressive card uh, but that's what makes it good, right? Like, I mean, that's what that's what we look at this and we go, "This is a good card. This looks like it's fun because it has the potential." And you've talked about this before um, on your stream and um, on this podcast before, or this podcast before. Um, you've talked about it. You just don't put cards in your deck that aren't broken. Like, uh, yeah, you you want fair cards, cards don't win games. Exactly. You 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 want cards that are going to cheat as much value or as much pressure or as much. They're going to cheat something out. They're going to get something more than an equivalent card would get. 
Um, those are the exactly. cards that you put in your deck that 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 see play that make certain archetypes possible. And this is one of those de- this card one of those cards that I think has the potential to make an entire archetype possible or just make um, certain archetypes better. Right, like Spell Druid could be a thing if we're a few pieces away from Spell Druid with a card like this. Um, it's the same thing as like it's 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 random Rexar essentially. So right. it's a very 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 high ceiling card in a very low or a very high floor card. One of, one of the biggest things that scares me about it is how yeah. close it comes to being ultimate infestation when paired with swipe. Yes, so you have that's a great Crystal Sun Portal plus swipe plus any four mana minion. Can we as off the top of your head, can you think of a card that's um, a four mana card that's better than just five five vanilla? Um, I I don't have any ideas off the top of my head, yeah, honestly. There but, are there are plenty. There are cards yeah, in the set that are better than than than, the four, than, than for just four a, mana. Yes. And the point is, you play those three in combination. You now just drew three cards, played mm-hmm. better than a five five, dealt one damage to everything, and an additional three to one. Yep. I mean, yes, it's a three card combination. It needs to be hella powerful, but anything close to the level of ultimate infestation for ten mana is just broken. Like in Magic: The Gathering, there was this card that came out in uh, Alara Reborn. I think it was. It's called Cruel Ultimatum. So. Every, that last piece, what Cruel Ultimatum does, what Cruel Ultimatum does is deals, or discards seven, your opponent discards seven cards, mm-hmm. your opponent discards seven cards, takes seven damage, and you draw some amount of cards or something. Mm-hmm. It was, it is crazy, right? It just did all of these things, but the way that, uh, the way that Wizards of the Coast was able to mitigate something that powerful, and yes, I'm putting Crystal Sun Portal in that same category, sure. uh, but Cruel Ultimatum, the way they were able to mitigate that was by making it three colors. Like you had to have all three, mm-hmm. uh, all three classes or so, if uh, to relate it equally, right. all three classes in your deck and a specific amount of them ready to go in order to play the card. Uh, so it was a huge barrier. There is no barrier to cards like this. No barrier to ultimate infestation, exactly. and that's what scares me. Exactly. The only barrier is, is whether or not you draw them. That's it. That's, yeah. that's the only barrier. And, and Druid has card draw. They're, they're not losing all of their card draw. They're losing some of their powerful card draw, but they still have card draw. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a very good analogy. Um, is there anything else that we want to dabble on, or are we prepared to grade this card? I mean, this is a card that I could talk about, you know, at length, but I think we've covered most of what I, I feel is important to say about it. We could, we could theory craft with this card a little bit, though, if you wanted to. I can I see mean, the gears turning. Yeah. In my Discord, there will be a deck with this card in it. Oh, guaranteed, so, guaranteed, <laughs> guaranteed. If you before, if you want to see ways to, yeah, if you want to see yeah. ways to break this card or break decks with this card, tune into to his Discord for that for sure. Um, we we've spoke some pretty high praise on this card. I, is this going to be our first like super high rated card? What do you I don't think? think it's better than I don't think it's better than the first card reviewed we reviewed okay. yet because this one needs a supporting cast. The other one is just in every deck regardless of the other twenty eight. Fair. Fair, and if you're rating so based on, on play, then then that might skew your, your your voting on this one a little bit. So, like overall, I would give this I would give this a seven out of ten as a card. Mm-hmm. If it has a supporting cast, it has the potential to be a ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. It has the potential to be a I quit Hearthstone forever card. But <laughs> but yeah, seven seven out of ten, and I think that it's a I think it's a well I think it's it's scary, but I'm gonna put my trust in Blizzard because I never learned my lesson. <laughs> that's fair because I think most of us have been playing this game long enough are in the same boat as you um, I give this an 8 
I almost gave it a nine. I almost gave it a nine, but I don't think it's going to see at least initially as much play as would justify making it a nine. But I, I, I'm with you. I think the potential, like I said earlier, I think the best way that I can summarize this card is as a card with an extremely high ceiling and a very high floor. When you find it appropriate to put this in a deck, it's going to do at least well. It, there are very few cases where I can see this, this card not doing at least well in a deck that it deserves to be. And if you just throw in a deck at random, we can't count that. But if you put it intelligently in a deck where it belongs in, this deck, this card is always, I think, going to do well. It's almost never going to be like, dang it, I drew this card. Um, but in it's the right, never going to be a one-off. Exactly. But in this deck, or, but but this card has the potential to be like a game changer in the right deck. So that's why that's why I went so high with it. So that's why I was curious if you were going to be a size. I mean, this is the first card that breaks the top three three numbers for me. And it happened early, but I'm really excited about this card. And I'm also effing terrified of this card. So As hold me. <laughs> I'll be right there. <laughs> I'm getting my card right after this. All right, let's move on to the next one. We have another. So the next, I got oh, this one. Alrighty, dude. Uh, uh, the next one we have is another druid spell. It's a two mana rare druid spell called Dreamway Guardians that reads: Summon two one one. Oh, excuse me, one two dryads with life steal. Um, I think it's important to note the dryads because I don't believe dryads are beasts, correct? Um, even though um, some of the other things that were that summoned, like the squirrels, are beasts. Um, I didn't see the token for the dryads, so I can't I can't answer that intelligently. I believe they are not beasts. I believe they are not. But I have to so, verify. Yeah. Overall I think this card is okay. I think it's good design at the very least. We we're seeing a lot of spells. We're seeing a lot of spells that summon minions, particularly in Druid and mm-hmm. Mage. Yep. But you're seeing them across the you know, across the board right now. And it makes you know, it makes me feel like Blizzard wants to go into a more class-specific direction with every class. So they're dialing they're dialing down the overall power of everything. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're taking the Death Knights and the quests out and the weapons out. Mm-hmm. So dialing down the power of everything. And it feels like trying to make it go more like you have 20 to, 20 to 24 cards that are from your class and then you pick six neutrals rather than having it the opposite way around like it is yeah. now. You know. Yep. So overall, this card isn't great, but I love the design. I am kind of up on this card. Oh, yeah. Convince me. Well, here's my thought. Taken in context with some of the other cards that we've seen so far, um, and the fact that even they, they even d- demonstrated kind of a tokeny or like an like an aggressive kind of either treants or other form of true deck that you want to make, but they're trying to get some sort of like aggressive or um, minion based, or I should say, buffing your minion based deck. Um, how aggressive that will be uh, remains to be seen, but they're trying to get something like that going. They featured it when they did their last card, uh, their final card reveal, their dump. Uh, uh, they kind of showed it off a little bit there. This card, I see, if you could pop this off and then somehow buff it to make their attack and their, their um, you know, to make it not a one two um, by putting, um, Oh, I can't remember the name of the card off the, uh, top of my, uh, off the top of my head, but one of the cards that adds attack and, and life to it and gives it taunt. Um, or one of the other buff cards that they have. If you can some way buff this and get this out there, I think this is a card that can give um, a druid deck that's combined with something like Gonk, where you're hitting them in the face a whole bunch, uh, a way to get some extra life um, to be able to continue doing that. So I see this being some sort of like hybrid Gonk, aggressive minion deck where you're like using combinations of you know things like what was it, the zero mana uh pounce card is that what it is 
Um, yeah, using combinations of like gonk and pounce at, uh, to to clear their board and then protect your little minions, which are then you're, you're either going to use the the twin spell that we don't like or more more likely a savage roar to um, then deal damage to their face. I actually kind of like this card a little bit because I think that if you can combo it in the right way, um, that it can actually be kind of potent. Um, I, I I think that this card is going to see a little more play than we're giving it credit for right now because it looks kind of eh, but it looks like one of those cards that if it's if it's put into the right deck, um, I think it could be very powerful. So I'm a little higher on you. I'm not like going nuts for it, but I'm, I I see this card getting experimented with a lot in that kind of deck, and I and I think that it has some potential to be pretty common and popular. I hope I'm wrong so, because that means there's going to be a lot of aggro druid, but. <laughs> Uh, but that's just my feeling. So I see, I see a couple of things, uh, and then I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I could see, I could see crystallizer, and then the crystal, uh, the first card. What is, it? What is that called? Power? The deal two damage. Sorry. Crystal power. Yeah, crystal power. Crystal. So crystallizer, the one that deals five damage to yourself, gain five armor, mm-hmm. and then crystal power, which is deal two damage or gain five life, mm-hmm. and dreamway guardians, and then the stag, which we haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a pretty powerful curve if everything goes right, but you it all starts with drawing your two out of thirty crystallizer. True. What turn do you want to play Dreamway Guardians on as like in general? Normal game. What turn do you want to play this on? You either want to play this either right on turn two just for, for the bodies, because it's it's a two mana uh it's a two mana two four worth of stats. Um, oh, it's a firefly. Yeah. Um or you want to play this on a turn where you're immediately buffing it somehow, probably like with a taunt. Okay, so Defender of Argus, maybe? Is that fair? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Defender? I think that's a great example of how this card would see play. Yep, so that would be two, two, three life steals on turn three with taunt. when you haven't taken with taunt when you haven't taken any damage yet. Mm-hmm. To me, that feels like it fits better into a mid range strategy than a token strategy. Mm-hmm. The light, unless we, so even what I'm saying is the life steal is basically irrelevant. That's fair. And so we just look at it as a worse Firefly because you can't split it up. That's how I see it. 100% don't disagree with anything you're saying. Uh, yeah, and that's it. that was it. Mm-hmm. Nope, and, and, yeah, and I think that's an important perspective to keep because my brain, when I look at cards, I tend to look at like like um, ideal scenarios or worst case scenarios or like these, these, these hip and nuts scenarios because yeah. those are the things that feel the worst, right? Um, so that's where my brain goes is how can this card uh, be used to its fullest in a way that makes me go, oh, crap. I wish that was me right now because that's a baller what they just did. Yeah. Um, those are the kind of things that I try to envision when I come up with this. 75, 85% of the time, um, it's either too hard to pull off or it's it's there are just more effective ways to win with a class. But those are the things that I think of when I, when I come up with, with, with these card uh, analogies because I'm looking at ways where I could potentially come up with that, that, that the card can become oppressive or break the game. So that's the scenario that I come up with. And it's nice to have your perspective to come in here and kind of take it down a notch and say, hey, realistically – this is what we're looking at. And that's and that's why we call you the deck doctor because you have that perspective. My brain is basically the new deck, the odd, new autocomplete deck feature. As soon as you <laughs> feed me a card, I'll spit 29 more back at you and like how it can work. I love like, it. Like I actually didn't even I didn't see this card before we started. Don't tell the fans. But and so like immediately I was able to come through with that curve, you know, mm-hmm. like because yeah, that's the way it works. For that's our, how your brain is wired, uh, and that's and that's why we love and value your opinion. So um, I think it's crazy that I'm the one who brings you guys down with how energetic I can be. 
Well, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you can you can you can hit us with the logic and and the perspective and have a lot of energy doing it, my friend. <laughs> so, what, what, what's your thoughts on rating this card? I'm assuming it's going to be on the lower end. Yeah, this has got to be it. I don't want to make it a two, Ooh, so yeah, I'm going to say I, two and a half. But two, really? I was going <laughs> to say I I saw your mouth form the word two, and then you backed off of it. Um, I'm a little higher on this card. I think this card's a four. I think it's going to see a lot of experimentation, though. Um, well, remains to be seen how good it is. But but I'm a little, like I said, for reasons I already named, I'm a little higher on it. So four yeah, is what I wrote fair. down. But after hearing your argument, I want to go lower. But four is what I wrote down. So four is what I'm going with. Go with four. It's the principle of the matter. Damn right. <laughs> Next card we have is? Oh, this crystal stag that I was just talking about, huh? Mm -hmm. So it's a crystal stag. is a five-mana druid card. It's a uh, five... Excuse me. Crystal Stag is a five mana druid minion. It's a four four that reads Rush, Battle Cry. If you've restored five health this game, summon a copy of this. It is a beast. And so we were talking about the curve earlier with the dryads, the crystallizer, and the crystal power, um, and how that would be able to mm -hmm. satisfy this five health, uh, this five health condition. Mm -hmm. Again, it's all dependent on crystallizer. But I think that it is or excuse me, I think that it is good enough to see play crystal stag is more than just for its tempo uh the tempo of playing two four fours on turn five because there's also the card predatory instincts which it draws uh it draws a beast from your deck and gives it plus oh plus four so now if you play it you'll get two four eight rushes because it summons a copy of that mm -hmm. just like serenite chain gang used to instead of summoning an extra copy of serenite chain gang so i think this card has a lot of potential i think that it is not the worst thing in the world you can do if you don't satisfy its condition. Which is, it's got to pass the vanilla test first. And for anybody who doesn't isn't familiar with that term, vanilla test, it means if you take all of the words off of the card, just have the numbers. How good is it? Five mana, four, four? Eh. Not the worst thing in the world. Eh. Yeah, but it's not, not good. So, not bad. How you feel? Um, first of all, I want to say that I love the card art. A lot of the card art in this set, by the way, I'm going to be talking about a lot is dope. You mentioned card art already. We're like five cards in. Um, yeah. I love the card art in this card a lot. It's just, just awesome. You can see it, it's just, uh, what you could think is a dru a cool form, a druid form from, from while running through Dalaran. And I just, I just, I, it caught my eye right away how cool this card art was. That said, um, I agree. Um, it does not quite pass the vanilla test, but playing a five mana four, four when you're desperate doesn't feel terrible. Um, I love what they are doing with the rush mechanic. I, I love that they are doing with rush what they probably wanted to do with charge, but they realized people would just go face with it. I love the fact that they're giving people ways to be more proactive and responsive in the game. Yes. Um, we're seeing a lot more rush cards in this set than we've uh, than we've seen ever before. And rush has been around for a minute now. We're seeing more rush cards in this set than we've seen, I think, in any any set before. And I love that because they're giving people because how frustrating it is to know that you have a card in your hand that can answer something, but because of summoning sickness, which is those little Z's over their head. If you didn't know what that was, guys, that's the the common term for that is is summoning sickness means that they can't attack for that turn because of summoning sickness you basically know well you, when they play a minion and you have no answer on the board you go well if it's got four attack on you go well i'm taking eight damage because it's going to attack me and then i'm going to play a card and it's going to attack me again and then i'm going to kill it you know um, that feels bad 
especially for classes that don't have a lot of removal or a lot of answers or a lot of taunt or a lot of healing, which is most of the classes, right? This is giving classes, um, maybe not Druid because Druid has a lot of those answers, but other classes that get rushed, like Rogue is getting a lot of rush mechanics, for example. Giving classes that don't have answers, um, answers, uh, and a way to be proactive on the board that isn't automatically by default incentivizing them to just go face instead. So I love that they're putting rush on more cards. Sorry for the aside, but... Um, no, I love it. Don't be sorry, please. Give me more of give me more of your insight. I think that you hide your insight a little too much, as you got a lot of you got a lot going up here. I, going I, appreciate, up here. I appreciate that, brother. Thank you. Um, I, I I love the effect on this card. Um, if you've restored five health, this game, summon a copy of this, um, because that means you're probably not going to get it on turn five, because you're probably trying to to tempo out and curb out. Right. So what that means is you're probably playing this on if you're playing this, you're probably playing on turn six or seven, which playing eight, eight worth of stats on six or seven doesn't feel as bad as playing eight, eight worth of stats on turn five. Um, unless you're playing super aggressive and you just happen to draw a heal, mecha- a heal mechanic. But what it means is that this card has value in the late game. Right. So when you draw a four, four, four minion on turn 13 or 14, um, when their board has got, you know, eight, eights and four tens and whatever on it. Um, it feels kind of bad. But now you know when you draw this on that point in the game, you've probably healed a little bit by then. Not gained armor from your hero power. You had to do something additional, right? Um, but now you draw and you go, okay, well, at least it's 8-8 eight, eight worth of stats. It gives you a chance to, and they both have rush, right? So it gives you a chance to kind of come back in a game so you don't feel bad when you draw this late in the game. And again, I like that mechanic because how many times do we draw a card in the late game? You go, of course it's that thing that does nothing for me, and now I'm certainly mm-hmm. going to lose... Because I'm top decking a four four when I needed something more proactive, um, or something that could somehow prevent me from losing. Um, so I really, really like that card design a lot. I love the flexibility of the card. Um, I love the design of the card overall, and I love the fact that they're getting more creative with not only how they're using things like rush, but also how they're using like activators. Like the the, the we've never seen this. If you've restored five health get a, th- a benefit from druid before i love how they're getting more creative with that kind of stuff so it shows that they're thinking outside the box and pushing the game into new creative spaces so there's a lot that can be said about this card that isn't just about the card itself but overall i really like the card a lot i'm pretty excited about it even if it doesn't again see a lot of play i think what it represents and the idea behind it is actually very cool that said i can see this card seeing a lot of play in mid-range a lot of play in mid-range i think that's what they're trying to do with druid they're trying to push druid towards like you mentioned before you know not towards aggressive token tokeny builds but more mid-rangey builds and i think they're doing the same thing um, on the other end of the spectrum trying to get away from the super controlly stuff and more to them toward the mid-range stuff and i like that because it's a space that druid doesn't spend a lot of time in i i agree with you there it's like Druid has always had the tools to make a mid-range deck because you know the minions mm-hmm. are perfectly said to be are perfectly said to be mid-range minions. The spells for the most part are perfect. Like swipe is the perfect mid-range spell. Absolutely, it's, absolutely. Yeah, like I don't even need to say anything else. You guys can think of a million other cards that would be like Druid spells that would be great mid-range. It's just there was always something better, and that something better was doing nothing until you got mode. Yep, that's exactly it. They were incentivized However, to, to do nothing. Exactly, and I th- that sucks. That mm-hmm. absolutely sucks. However, the, the the biggest problem, and I want to point out, the biggest problem with this card is restoring five health because you don't want to play the five mana four four. You're just saying it's not the worst thing in the world when you do. Mm-hmm. Restore cards that only restore life are exactly worse than cards that only gain armor. Mm-hmm. Okay, cards that only why gain. Why don't you armor, explain why that is for for people that might not get it? 
Okay, you're right. Good point. Good point. So, if you you start the game at 30 health, as everyone everyone who plays the game knows, and in, and uh, you could on turn one gain armor if you wanted. You gaining armor is overheal. So you start with 30 health, then you can gain up to infinity armor, or armor until the game crashes. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's true because yeah. um, that's how far you can overheal. Mm-hmm. And then when someone swings into you, they hit your armor and not your life total. And there's no pierce mechanic, which makes armor feel doubly bad. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's just why armor is frustrating. I guess. I guess you just got me to diatribe about armor real quick. Let me <laughs> let me go away from this overhealing mechanic sure. and explain why healing at all is probably pretty bad in a trading card game. I'm. In a trading card game, on average, or well, excuse me, not in a trading card, in Hearthstone, on average, how many cards do you think you see each game out of your deck as? 16 to 20. 16 to 20. And you, play, you like to play the longer, the longer, the long con, right? I do. You, hit fat- you probably hit fatigue more often than anybody else on our team. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so just, just, to give, just to give everybody else who's listening context. Mm-hmm. So you see 16 to 20. If, if five of those cards literally did nothing, how impactful were those 16 to 20 cards? Not, it's not very good. That's a third of them. So if you're spending five cards to heal, which is right. doing nothing, you're doing nothing proactive to the board, that's right. not going to fit in any, in any decent strategy that's not broken. So in order for this to be a solid card, the deck that it's in needs to be broken. It's kind of the opposite problem we were having with Rexar. Correct. So this is not a, a card that scares me. It's a card that I just think is never going to be good because the deck needs to be broken for it to be good. Right. Like for myself, for those reasons I've listed, and I love the card, okay. I, have to, I have to stomp on it as a mm-hmm. 5 out of 10. I just, wow. I think, I think when we take it in context, though, um, of some of the cards that have bonus healing effects on them or that mm-hmm. enable you to heal as a part of a battle cry or something like that. I think when you take that into effect, it gives a little more value to this card. But again, I think it's important to give credence to what you said, that you have to build around putting cards in your deck that you don't necessarily want in there in order to make this a maximum value card. Or just you have to holding play. this in your... Or you're just planning on holding this until you draw the one or two heal cards that you have, which also feels bad. Um, you said you gave it a five? Yeah, I gave it a five. I also gave it a five. <laughs> yeah, you're you're talking good about it. And I'm talking bad about it at five. Yeah, what, which what is which is interesting. That? Yeah, because <laughs> my talk, uh, I I probably drove mine down a little bit, or or the other way around. I drove mine up a little bit with my positive stuff, and you probably drove yours down a little bit. And we just kind of met in the middle. Um, I think given given its mechanic and how it's it's activated, if it was a little different, we'd probably both be. Um, higher uh, or lower, more extreme on it uh, uh, otherwise. But I think it's interesting that we, we ended up in the same rating with it, but for completely different reasons. Yeah, like it's because I think you were trying to convince yourself that the card was good, and I yeah. was trying to convince myself to not play Crystal Stag Druid. <laughs> <laughs> you, you very well could be true. You, you very well could be right, because I do I do tend to want to see a lot of these new cards as good. Um, and again, yeah. that's that's why I like you, you your perspective bringing it down a notch. So, <clears throat> so we both gave it a five for whatever reason. Next we Life have Weaver. next we have Life Weaver. I don't know if I'm supposed to read this one, but I am. Go for it's it. It's a three mana two five druid minion that reads: Whenever you restore health, add a random druid spell to your hand. This would go great in Crystal Stag Druid if there was any good way to de- damage yourself. Well, I mean, you could play Crystallizer, and mm-hmm. then you could heal yourself for five. Mm-hmm. 
one time, and now you have armor and full health, and this is never going to trigger again. But let's talk about the vanilla test, Azrael. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about this if it had no words on it? Three mana, two, five doesn't feel terrible. Doesn't feel terrible. We have a, we have a three mana, two, five that flip flops into a five, two that also has lifesteal. Mm-hmm. That, that sees literally zero play and sometimes in arena. It is almost good enough in arena. Right. I just mean it doesn't feel terrible. If if again using the arena example, it's not the worst card you could get in this in this window. Yes, exactly. You know, but honestly, it's, honestly it's, for me. Ahead. Oh, nope. I was say honestly for me, if I'm going to play a three mana two five, mm-hmm. I want it to be Mindbreaker. Mindbreaker is the card that uh, neither neither hero is allowed to use their hero power. Yes, Mindbreaker uh, is an excellent example of a good three mana two five. Exactly. Yeah. I think that Life Weaver is it's a pack filler. It's 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 just oh excuse me. Let me language here. Language, language, language. It's just bad. It's bad, kids. Go my, on. <laughs> my thought on this card is again a lot a lot of things that I'm seeing here look like they fit into a deck that's designed to incorporate gonk. If yeah. if you can put this in a deck with gonk where you're damaging yourself by hitting other things in the face. Um and uh and you can make that work. This de- this card in, in the in the in the stag, those cards are going to be good. Um, that's clear the archetype that they're trying to push. That's um, we saw a little bit of that in. Like I said, I don't remember if they played Gonk in the in the card dump deck or not. I don't remember, uh, but it felt like Gonk belonged in that. These these decks where you're using your hero power and in, in the Gonk effect to basically take a bunch of damage to keep the board clear to protect your little minions while you poke away at the enemy. Um, and then a card like this allows you to enable the certain heal yourself mechanics. Um, so I, I see it getting experimented with. I see it having potential. If if that kind of like theory crafting deck that I'm coming up with in my mind is viable. My thought is, though, is there are going to be much better mid-range druids um, that don't need to utilize those mechanics to be good. If that deck is good... We'll say the world we're living in a universe where that deck is somehow actually going to be good. Right. This is not going to make the cut for that deck. This card isn't even good enough to be in that deck, in my opinion. And and I acquiesce to your knowledge because you have a vision of of this deck of this game that um, that I I'm certainly um, not not keen to uh, to disagree with outside of physically testing a deck myself. So um, overall, what do you give the card? Man, this is bad. I got to give it a two. Wow. Um, yeah, that's harsh. That's harsh. I gave it a four. It's bad. I gave it a four, but again, I have this. I have this vision. I have this vision and this this thought that it could be. It could see some uh, some playability, and certainly get experimented with. I figured it out. Here's where it's playable. Here's okay. where it's playable. You you're you are a priest. You play mind games because your opponent is bad and plays Life Weaver in his Druid deck. You <laughs> then get Life Weaver from mind games onto the field and you heal yourself and you get one single druid spell. That's the only way it'll ever work. Two out of time. <laughs> um, you could also get it in, uh, you could also get it in like, oh wait, is Wandering Monster rotating out? Never mind. Um, moving on. <laughs> uh, why don't you go ahead and tackle this one too? Because um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this card, especially after your comments about the healing so far. Okay. Easy. <clears throat> So, Lucent Bark is an 8-mana 4-8 Druid minion, legendary, that reads Taunt. Also, Death Rattle, 
go dormant. And for those, of uh, I'll finish it up. Death rattle, go dormant, restore five health to awaken this minion. So what dormant means, uh, dormant means that it still takes up a, a spot on the board. It take, excuse me, it takes up a spot on the board as if it were a minion. So you can only have six things aside from it, but it never goes to the graveyard. It stays on the board like that. And then once you're able to satisfy its awaken clause, which for this is restore five health, it comes back to life. What's interesting about this, oh, excuse me, the other, the other famous going, or the other two famous dormant cards are mm-hmm. Sherazan, which is a, correct me if I'm wrong on this, as a four mana five three or five mana five three? I believe it was five mana. Okay, it's a five mana five three. Mm-hmm. Um, five mana five three rogue legendary mm-hmm. that play three cards to awaken it. And then there was the darkness, which is everybody's favorite four mana 2020. <laughs> <laughs> starts out dormant, but the opponent needs to draw their entire deck and then kill your 2020 for free on their turn in order to activate it. So we we know both of those cards were miserable because like you couldn't reliably activate the awaken clause. Right. 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 Now this seems a little easier to activate. Right. It's just restoring five health, and we're already being incentivized to to heal up with druid. There's going to be one card that's going to go in literally every druid deck. Crystal Power. I've already brought this up. What, what we're eight cards into it, and I've talked Crystal Power for seven out of eight of the cards. Right. Shows you how powerful it is. Yep. But uh, Crystal Power activates it. You have... Wait, is this five health in one turn, or five health five over health. the course? It's got to be one turn. It's five health. I think it is to do five health. I, like, I, I read that... How I think We should talk about this. I have not l- confirmed this. My reading of this mm. is you have to restore five health. And I believe that is just five health, period. I don't think it's one so, turn. I don't think it's in, in one lump sum. I think it's just five total health. So the way I read it is five health in one turn because Sherazan, um, Sherazan's wording is play three cards to awaken this minion. If I, three, if I have No, it, it says play three cards this turn. Or, and I think oh, it was, does it? Yeah, I think it was four. It was how many ever cards this turn? How about Dragon Soul? How does Dragon Soul read? The, the weapon, the priest weapon? Mm-hmm. Same thing this turn. I believe it's this turn. Okay, well, if it, if they say this turn on it, and this one does not say this turn, I would, the assumption for me would be not this turn. Yeah. So the question then becomes how how much are you go or how much health res- restoration are you going to do in Druid? Well, the problem, the biggest problem is that this is a taunt. It's a it's a big butted taunt. How mm-hmm. are you going to restore health through a big butted taunt? Uh, and not to mention it's an eight mana four eight. This only goes in spiteful decks, and mm-hmm. by that I mean when you get it from. The eight mana, some random summoning effect. Yeah, yeah. I it's it's just not good enough. It's not yeah. miserable. It'll see play. People are going to experiment with it, and so then they're going to realize that it's legendary. Bad. Yeah. Yep. And then they're going to realize it's bad. They're going to complain to Blizzard about how Druid never gets any any good cards anymore. They cut naturalized, gave no replacement, and then next set they're going to print Rexar, only make him a Druid class card. Oh my god. <laughs> um. Okay, so this card, I have to be careful on this card because emotionally, this is another one of those cards that I love the design of. I love the design. I, you know, I, I loved playing green in, in, in Magic because I love those big, yeah. big forest-related re- beasts that just stomp on the, on the battlefield and just you know, crush everything. It even kind of looks like, like, like Elvish for, Apparition. Or like which for, is a, Force of Nature, if you remember that card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, love, I love the design of the card. I love that they're experimenting again with, with, with bringing back things like going dormant and with a new mechanic and whatnot this This is a card that i look at and i want to be good and i feel like it's gonna the deck that they want to play it in it probably won't see playing 
it'll end up mm-hmm. it'll end up being seen you're, you're gonna see this in wild in in taunt decks you're gonna see this um maybe thrown in experimenting with like spell-based druid where they want a big body to to buy them time or you're gonna see it in control druids um it if healed that if heal druid can work yeah this, this card's gonna see play but I, I think there are just better ways to, to pull it off i would rather have two copies of the stag in my deck and uh having to cut this to make room for it than put this in that deck because that deck mm-hmm. i think wants to be a little more aggressive than this card um so it's it's a fun card it's a cool card i like the design of it um but i think right now with what i can envision looking at the set as a whole i can't see it seeing anything more than experimental play um, I, but I really want to like it. So I have to kind of separate those two things out. Um, and if maybe in the future they print more that work that makes this work, um, then cool. It'll make a resurgence in the next expansion. But I think right now it's just kind of going to be after the first week or two, people are going to realize it's meh and they're going to, it's going to get relegated to, uh, to sitting in the shelf for a while. I give this yeah. card, I, I give this card Originally? Before you read it, as I got a question. Okay. Before you read it, I got a question for you. This might help you read it. Sure. So, if this card didn't have its death rattle, how much mana would it cost? If it didn't have its uh, probably be something like six mana. Okay. Would you play a six mana four eight taunt? Probably not. No. Yeah. Oh hell no, you won't. Yeah. Hell no, you won't. Would you play a five mana four eight taunt? Probably not. You're getting close. Yeah, you're getting closer. It's real close. It's right. It's just, so now we're talking about three overcosted. How many times does this does this need to activate? How many times does it need to get awakened? Now we're not even considering silence as a mm-hmm. uh, silence as a mechanic. How many times does it need to get awakened for the eight mana to be worth it? At least once. Once. Yeah, at least. So just once. It, once you yeah once it becomes an eight mana. I mean, not counting the cost of the five health, it becomes an eight mana eight eight sixteen, which is you know with taunt, which is pretty decent. Yeah. Okay. I can agree with that. So, so personally, mm-hmm. and I didn't mean to hijack it because I know that you were about go to give for your it. Go for it. Given the leading questions I just asked you, mm-hmm. you can tell exactly how I feel about it. By that it's extremely overcosted, and we know that overcosted cards are always great. It is a four <laughs> out of ten. See, originally I was I had this written down as a four out of ten, but talking it out and listening to you, I actually changed my vote to a three out of ten. Um, I don't blame you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, so it's it's. Yeah, um, because again, it's one of those cards where emotionally I looked at this card and go, that's a cool card. I like it. I want to like it. But yeah, um, it's I just... also want to like it. I'm going to play it and then I'm going to regret it and I'm going to get mad at Hearthstone, rage quit a stream and then come back with a decent deck. So, okay. Um, <laughs> moving on to this is the last card in the Druid set. Um, and after we talk about it, before we, we bump into the next class, uh, maybe we just take a minute and, and, and just talk about the state of Druid for, for a couple of minutes. Um, yeah. before we move on now that we had a look at all the cards um but i'll go ahead and introduce this one and then uh and then we'll go ahead and and, and start talking about it so the last card we're looking looking at is a uh two mana two three legendary minion uh keeper staldaris or staladris excuse me uh after you cast a choose one spell add copies of both choices to your hand this card for me is kind of exciting Again, for its potential and its cost, you're almost always guaranteed to get at least if I mean if you're playing this on turn two, three, or three, four, or five, uh, which is where I think you'd want to play it, or either that or late in the game when you want to do a big burst and then have the ability to do a second time the next turn, kind of like how um, um, which uh, Cragwall 
allows some shamans to be able to do that kind of stuff. Um, I think this card has a lot of potential for giving you some throughput and some extra value out of out of uh, out of your spells because you get three copies for one card, um, even though one of them isn't the cop isn't the effect that you wanted to. It's still three for one um, of good effects. I mean, all of the choose effects are are almost always good. Um, so I really like this card a lot for its design and its potential. I think it's going to see a lot of play and a lot of experimentation. And I and I think that there's going to be viable decks that this this card fits into. I think it's overall, I think it's a very solid card. And I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I think the, I think the card's fantastic. The, the reason that I think it's fantastic is because the decks, the decks that want to play it are never going to need to tempo it out. You're not going to put this in your long-range control deck. Well, you might, but it's not. That's not where it's going to shine. It's mm-hmm. going to shine in the mid-range deck that's trying to generate enough value to keep up with the control decks, but still be, uh, but still be strong enough to. Excuse me, but still have responses to early game threats to where you don't have to run out this two mana two three. Which even if you did tempo it out, it's not bad. Right. Two, a two mana two three in my mind is the best two mana stat line that we see outside of uh, Vulgar Homunculus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's way better than the three two. I love the card as mm-hmm. I. I can't even talk about it a lot because all I can say is it's good, and then it gives you three cards for one. That's yeah. it. <laughs> if you get one hit off of this, you've gotten insane value and a good body on the board. I mean, it's it's almost it's almost impossible to find a downside for this card. Passes the vanilla test. It um, it gives you super value. You could you know you could just run this in a minion based deck that has like two spells just because it fits curve well. Yep. I mean, it's, exactly. it's an overall really 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 good card, and and I like it a lot. And plus, it enables some pretty interesting deck design, and and that's always something fun to 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 sit around and think think about the things you can tinker this deck this into decks with i agree so i i got a question i'm asking you a question for every card and it's basically the same three rotate rotating (laughs) questions because like honestly in my mind it's super important when you're trying to evaluate a card to ask this question uh for two reasons i'll go into it what turn ideally would you play this on i don't need to know what other spells you're going to play it with but ideally what turn Well, again, it depends on the deck that you're playing, um, but I would say you could play it on two. Is that ideal? I wouldn't. I wouldn't think ideal was two. I'd say ideal was probably be. I would say four three, or five, so you could pair it. I would say three or four would be ideal. But again, okay. it depends on the deck you're playing. I would play this on two if I was playing an aggro deck and I had to. I had to have something on board. But I think ideally, you want to play it on, on somewhere where you're going to get two two spells off. So depending on your spell costs, three or four probably. Yeah, and I would agree with that one hundred percent. Now. That being said, what is it taking the place of? What are you not playing on turn three or four because of it? Now, this is this is where it gets interesting. Okay, Why I we see where you're going question. with this. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So what are we not playing on turn three or four or five because of we have Keeper Stelladris? Mm-hmm. Well, we were just talking about Heal Druid, and this obviously fits into Heal Druid yes, with uh, Crystal Power. Can I say it again? Yeah. Can I say Crystal Power again? You like that spell? Uh, with crystal. <laughs> it's so freaking good. It is good. It's so good. It is good. So you played on turn three with, um, excuse me. You played on turn three with the crystal power. You mm-hmm. now have you now have an extra heal five for your four eight taunt that you're playing for some reason. But you have you know also with your gloom stag it curves right into your gloom stag, which right. is what's it's not called gloom stag. It's called crystal stag. Crystal gloom stag. stag's rotating. Yes. 
yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it curves right into your crystal stack, which mm-hmm. is what makes it interesting. It does it does take the place of of your four mana remove a minion to prepare the board mm-hmm. because when you're playing the game, you go through different phases, right? You have the race to the board, mm-hmm. then you have the battle for board control, and then you have um, beginning the winning strategy. Like if I was to put it in just three terms, yep. Um, and so what that where that turn four swipe we're gonna call it swipe where that turn four swipe and turn five crystal stag fits in to that to that idea is that crystal stag begins your winning strategy because swipe plus the crystal stag is gonna clear the board right. and with keeper Staladris, you now have an extra two damage a one mana two damage spell and one mana heal five to a minion because it's not for your face. This card is good, and it's good if... Now, this one is good if Heal Druid is good. Yeah. I disagree with you on the Lucent Bark, but yeah. here, dude, I'm, if Heal Druid is good, Staladris is baller. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so... Yeah, and there's and the, and the thing about it is the reason why the, the card design is so cool is because there are so many choose-one effects. This doesn't just work in those. This enables a, a lot of experimentation in a bunch of different archetypes. That's just one of the more obvious ones. This is the, this is a card that's going to be fairly ubiquitous. If you put even one or two copies of any choose effect uh, spell in your in your deck, you're going to want to run this just for the chance to hit that one time because the value is going to you know, be so good. You know, I would have wanted this card. Uh, I would have wanted this card two sets ago. But once again, kobolds and catacombs screwed us all. My favorite card in the world, branching paths, would be so way too broken with this. Yeah, sorry, wild. <laughs> uh, so I'm not. I, I, yeah, I know. Uh, so, is there anything else you want to say? Are you ready to rate it and, and move on to our overall druid evaluation? Yeah, I can rate it. I can rate it at a nine out of ten, unless you wanted to do that first. You. <laughs> Stole the number right out of my head. This is this, this was almost a ten for me. Almost a ten Same. for me. Um, the only reason it wasn't a ten um, is because uh, ten for me is like the cards that like scare me. This card doesn't scare me. This card is a great card. It's a valuable card, but it's not. It's not a terrifying card. Um, it scares me a bit. Not a lot, you as well. Well, it's gonna have moments <laughs> where it, it's gonna have moments where it's very yeah. very powerful. But it's a two mana two three. You're gonna you're gonna have a chance to deal with it. You're gonna be able to respond to it. Um, and the times you know, where they the times where they get that super value, mm-hmm. then it's it's gonna happen. I mean, you can get that with anything. There's times where people where where um, you know a rogue plays Keleseth and triggers it three times on turn two, and you just mm-hmm. quit the game. That, that's gonna happen. Um, but uh, generally speaking, uh, there are cards that just like terrify you, and cards that allow you to win the game outright are so powerful. Though that to me is a ten, but this is damn near Fair. close. Fair enough. And you were, thank you for bringing me that perspective. You were just thanking me not too long ago because you allowed me to think of it as a druid Luna. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Luna Stargazer, for you guys who are new to the game or just haven't had the chance to play with or against it, is a three mana two four mage spell, or excuse me, three mana two four mage minion that reads when you, ever, when you play the rightmost card in your hand, draw a card. Mm hmm. This is on that same power level where it's yes. sometimes you're just going to flip the table and sometimes you're going to be like, okay, it didn't kill me this time. Right. We're silence safe. and move on. <laughs> yeah. Silence and move on. That's right. a perfect way to say it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, but, how, do you, go ahead. how do you feel about Druid overall? Now that we have Keeper Salagist, we have our Crystal Stag, we have, um, we have Crystal Power, obviously. Right. Well, 
overall, and this is a good time to talk about this as well, the, the order that we put these cards in um, is non-alphabetical. We put the cards, that, or excuse me, the, the, the order that we put the classes that we're reviewing is non-alphabetical. Um, we True. put them in an order overall for this review um, from kind of not strictly least to most interesting or least to most powerful, but generally. We put them together in groups, and then each group we kind of put from least to most interesting. Um uh, so this card, this this class being the first one that we reviewed, isn't necessarily the weakest, um, but it's to me it's one of the least interesting uh, in the fact that it's got a lot of good cards in it. There are cards in here that we 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 liked a lot, and there were cards in here that were just kind of like whatever. Um, but generally speaking, the cards are okay. It is okay. It is just kind of a bland set of cards overall, with a few kind of like high potential cards but the thing that i like the most about it is this is the first time i've seen druid cards in many expansions where i'm not going holy crap this class is going to be broken for another three months and that that to me feels really really good um I, there was a time and most people that are familiar with me know that I've, I've been pretty harsh on druid the last year um but there was a time when i really enjoyed playing druid back in the day um and uh and that was back when druid was like not good <laughs> it was uh, but it was interesting and it was fun to try and make druid work um and then druid just became so ubiquitous and oppressive and overly played and, and always had five or six different archetypes that were playable that it just got boring and it just got it just got so samey um so i'm glad yeah. that they're not pumping druid up again and continuing with the the reign of druids um overall i think that the class is going to be okay i think it's going to be it's going to see play. People are going to try to make token druid, uh, aggro druid, and heal druid work, um, and some sort of mid-range druid. Um, they're going to, they're going to try to make those work. But overall, I think it's going to be, you know, probably uh, I, I don't know how many tiers you want to say, but you know, if there's five tiers, it's probably going to be a tier four class for a while, um, and that's okay because druids had its time in the sun. Um, so overall, I think druid is where it deserves to be after being one of the most dominant classes in the game for almost two years. Druid, huh? You played Druid years ago. I didn't know. I didn't know that before I agreed to do this podcast with you. <laughs> look, look, it was like it was. I was, I was young. <laughs> I was, I was experimenting. All the kids were doing it. Uh, you know, the person I was dating at the time kept pressuring me. I didn't want to. But they said they were going to break up with me. So you know what? Yeah, in a moment of weakness, I might have gotten Druid to gold at some point. No, but but real talk, real talk. I think the token <laughs> druid is actually going to be a thing. I think the token druid is going to be a thing. We're looking at a lot of cards in this set, not just with druid, but with uh, really most of the classes where token strategies are becoming more viable, which is awesome because that's going to transition us into a second set when we're all sick and tired of token aggro tempo, where they just add a million board clears mm -hmm. and some of the other cards get good that yep. we were talking about earlier. Yep. So, I mean, honestly... The state of Druid right now is fine. People just don't want to play it because they've been playing it for so long. Have you played against a Mally Druid on the ladder or a Mechathune Druid on the ladder recently? Oh, well, anybody that watches my stream knows that if I play more than 20 games, I'm going to see at least two or three Mechathune Druids. But generally speaking, no. I've, I've, seen, I've seen a couple, not very many, but every mm -hmm. time I play against it, the, the deck does not feel like it's gotten worse. It feels like people just started hating it more. Yep. Yep. So I don't think the true is bad right now, and I don't think it's going to get much worse because it has a lot of cards that are not necessarily keeping it at the same power level. And mind you, Mechathune Druid, Mechathune Druid is completely leaving because Naturalize is leaving. We 
Yes. I don't off the top of my head have a good mechanic to play and kill Mechathune in the same turn. Not saying it doesn't exist. I just don't have it in my head. Not in Druid. Yeah, not in Druid. Not in Druid in particular. Um, there are other classes. I We'll get to that. Anyway. We keep hinting at something, like there's something coming, but we'll we'll, we'll leave it hanging for now. I get so excited. I get so excited. Anyway, but the state of Druid is fine is fine right now, regardless of what mm. regardless of what the masses think. Um, it is fine. And I don't think it's getting much weaker, mm. just a bit weaker. Right. I'm not going to give it a rating like you did on the tier score, but I'm, I'm going to say that it's, you're not going to hate to play against Druid and you're not going to hate to play with Druid. Do you think it's going to be like, like Druid or Paladin kind of is right now? Like you're going to queue up and you're going to go, God, not another Druid. Or are you just going to be like, oh, it's token Druid. I got this. Or it's token Druid. I'm disadvantaged. It's not going to be the first two, and it's not going to be the first two because they're getting rid of cards that are so powerful that they cause all the matchups to be polarized because you have to be teched so hard against one or two strategies that you're completely screwed against all the other strategies. That's what having cards that are so insanely powerful does to your game. That's why balance is important. Having cards that are, mu are, uh, on, are much weaker than others is fine, but much more powerful, just it don't work. I love that you said that because it, 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 it reminds people to temper their concerns, maintain perspective, and just remember that when the old meta is leaving doesn't necessarily mean that it, the new meta is going to feel just the same way. Give yourself, exactly. a chance, give, your chance, uh, just give yourself a chance to experience the new meta before you hate it, like preemptively. So, um, okay. Well, I think we're ready to move on.